God, thanks uh, for getting us here, for helping us to, to tune in, um, and uh, Lord, for calling us to be your people. You, you are our God. We are your children, and you love us, and you love us so much that you tell us that this is the way the world works. This is how I planned it, and, and here's how I'd like you to live in order to experience all that I have for you. And so, Lord, may the words this morning of of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, may they be pleasing to you, O Lord our God. Send us out different today in the ways you want us to be different. In your name we pray. Amen. So we've been in the book of Mark, and Trent mentioned, you know, it's Rambo. um, And so there's no birth narrative. It's just boom. Jesus is doing miracles. He is healing people. He is drawing crowds because people say, there's something about the way he talks. There's something about, there's authority, right? And then he teaches more, he teaches about the kingdom in in the beginning of Mark. And then, boom, more more miracles, more demonstrations of, I, I have authority over the water. He walks on the water. He heals blind people. He raises people from the dead. Uh, and they start to say, he's the Messiah. He's the Messiah. Um, he starts to tell them who he is. And then the, the leaders, the people in charge, they start to not really like that a whole lot because they've got a system worked out that works for them, and they think that it works for people, but he starts to tell them that's not, that's not how it is. And the issue was all about authority. Who has authority over us? And like the Pharisees, I, I, I sometimes think that I like to be in charge. I, I have to confess that sometimes I want to be the king of my castle and I want everything at home to go the way that I want. And it, it's a hard thing, but authority. I read this this week, uh, the mood of our times is one of rampant individualism, emphasizing what is true for me. And that usually means whatever approach to life increases my enjoyment and reduces my pain, suffering, and inconvenience. That's, that's kind of what we want in our kingdoms, right? And Jesus says that that isn't, it's not really what you want, just so you know. It's not what you want. Maybe that's, maybe you didn't want to hear that. We'll get to that. So Jesus goes through, Mark 12. We're just going to walk through it, talk through it, and at the end say, okay, what what does that mean for us? Jesus then began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. I'm guessing that was the arrangement. You can be at my vineyard, but you have to give me some of the fruit. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others. Some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to send, a son whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, they will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, this is the heir. 
Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this passage of Scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Then the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken this parable against them. But they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. So they knew that he was saying, you're the tenants. This is the story of Israel, not just them, but pretty much all that came before. God gave them the vineyard. He told them what to do. And they said, no, we'd rather do what we want to do. And we would like the vineyard to be ours. And we'd like all the fruit. And you know what? If we kill enough people, eventually he'll just let, it, let us do it our way. That's not, that's not what's going to happen. Jesus says, and they start to know he's the son. He's the one. He's, he's hinted at it enough for them. They know he's the son that, that they're talking about. And they're planning on killing him too. But he's telling them the father isn't going to put up with that. That's not the way the kingdom goes. They think he's far away and that they'll get things their way. The story continues. Later, they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, teacher, we know you're a man of integrity. At that point, they know that this is a trap because they didn't say nice things about him. They didn't mean those nice things. So he, but he, he's, on, he's on his toes always. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. So they ask him this, is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked, bring me a denarius. Let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. Now, chapter 11 ends with Jesus performing a miracle and them asking him, by whose authority do you do this? And he says, I'm not going to answer your question but unless you answer my question. John's baptism, was it, was it from heaven or was it from men? And uh, he, he says, uh, yeah, John's baptism, my suit coat is grabbing. I'm gonna, you know what? If, I, if I'm pitting out, that's okay. I'm more comfortable this way. Don't look, uh, yeah, no, we're gonna, I don't have enough time for that. Um, all right. So where were we? What were we on here? We're on the, the so he said, the baptism, is it, from, is it from God or is it from man? So if they say it's from God, they, they, they say, well, then he'll say, why don't, why don't you follow it? And if it's from men, well, then the people will get upset. And so they say, we're not going to answer your question. And he says, then I'm not going to answer your question. I don't know what tone he used, but I, well, then I'm not going to answer your question. No, but he, they already knew the answer, but he, he didn't answer. But he's going to answer right here. He's answering in this chapter who, by whose authority he's doing this. And they already know the answer. 
So the question is, do we pay taxes or not? And, and, and if he says, don't pay taxes, woo, but, but then the Romans will be upset and we can get him in trouble. We can get rid of him. We can take care of the problem. So, but if he says pay taxes, then the people will be upset because they don't want to pay taxes. And so they think we got him just like, just like we thought we had him. And he says, well, bring me a denarius. And so, and somebody pulls one out. Now, just that act right there, a, a, a Jew should not have this coin because stamped on the coin is the image of Julius Caesar or of, of Tiberius Caesar at this point. And on the back of it, the inscription, he says, whose inscription? It says on the back, Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Caesar. So Caesar claims to be divine. He claims to have authority. He claims that you should worship him. And, and having that coin is saying, we, we submit to the authority of Caesar. Now you have to sort of, but, but, but the, a good Jew would not have those coins. And so he's already kind of got them on the run because they probably figured this out like, oh shoot, we're not supposed to, but how do we, we, we can't do that. So they bring it to him. He shows it to him. He says, give to God or give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. Now, what is God's? Everything. Stamped on us, we're, 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 the, we're created in the image of God. We belong to him. And so we're, we need to give ourselves to him. And they're going, hmm. Shoot, we thought we had them. They wanted control. They wanted power. They were looking for any way to maintain their grasp on their kingdom. Then they continue. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, they believe that when you died, you died. And that was the end. That was it. They, they believe there's no resurrection. They came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow but also died, leaving no child. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. And at the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? reminds me of the question, it's a total crazy side, I got to get out of my head or I'll stay there. My son says, if LeBron James was on any of the 64 teams, how, how do you think that team would do? It's just one of like, well, he can't be. So it's a silly question. But this is a silly question that they're asking. It's weird, but Jesus is going to answer it. Jesus replied, are you not in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God? That's pretty bold stuff. You don't know the scripture. Some of the reasons you don't know answers to questions is you, you, you don't know the scriptures. You should be in the scriptures more. But he says this, when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. If you know the scriptures, you know that they say that. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses in the account of the burning bush how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. 
He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. He says, the resurrection won't be anything like you think it's going to be like. In my mind, at the resurrection, I will be married to Tina. And it will be like this. It's like being on vacation all the time. Our children, uh, they're there, but they, they serve us. And they, I mean, it's, like they, it's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Um, vacation all the time. Uh, it's sunny, 75, you know, like this is my picture of heaven. But in my picture of heaven, I, I, I'm married to Tina. And Jesus says, well, at the resurrection, you won't be married or given in marriage. Now, that, that's weird. It's different. I don't know what that means. But what it means is the, the resurrection isn't what you have. And it's not your kingdom just on, on, a, on a better term. And he says, and the other thing is, I'm the God of the living. You, 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 you guys don't even believe in the resurrection. I'm going to tell you. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God. So they're still alive. They're living. And so I am their God. And if they're living, where are they? They're in heaven. They're at the resurrection. We, we don't know what that looks like. But, but you're wrong because Scripture says these things about, about me. So there's another group that tried to trick him, tried to figure out. They're trying to have it their way, and, and, they, and they don't get their way. Now, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he was impressed with Jesus' answer. He liked Jesus' answer. He asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? He's not asking a trick question. He's, he's asking an actual question. This man is seeking. Jesus says, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's what you need to do. And love your neighbor as yourself. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You're right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. He's saying, yeah, the system that we have right now, that the, that the Pharisees uh, are enacting, the stuff that we're doing, that's not really what God wants. Uh, we know that. He desires mercy, not sacrifice. We know that, but, but we're trying to do just enough. We're trying to do some things that the law says because we're hoping that that will mean that we get to inherit the kingdom and, and that it will be ours and then we can do things the way we want to do them. So he knows that the system that they're doing right now, and, he, and I think he's, he's moving towards believing that what Jesus is talking about is the right thing. And Jesus says this, when he saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of heaven. And from then on, no one dared ask him any questions. 
I entitled the message Horseshoes. If, you're, if you understand horseshoes, you get three points for a ringer, two points for a leaner, and one point for, for close. It's like cornhole, but, but for older people, um, <laughs> like me. When I was young, we said close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. We added that in because right, we didn't know much about horseshoes. But if you, yeah, you just have to be close. So Saturday night, I, I kind of, I was kind of harsh. Um, and I, I said, close is not good. But actually, I think Jesus is saying, you know, you're close. You, 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 you're saying, you, you, you're saying that you know that this is true. And, and actually, I think this guy, he actually, he actually has a desire to do that. And Jesus says, you're close. Now, the key is, are you going to continue to follow Jesus? Are you going to continue to figure out what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself? Is our daily, are you going to walk in that? And we don't know with this man whether he did that or whether he didn't do that. But, but this, you're on the right track. You're asking the right, that's the right kind of question. What's, what does God want from me? Not who, if, if the guy marries seven, I mean, that, that's just, a, that's dumb. This is the kind of question you want to ask. And Jesus continues. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he said, why do the teachers of the law say that the Messiah is the son of David? Well, I'll answer his question. They say this, that, the, that he's the son of David because the Messiah is going to be a descendant of David. They believe that, that the Messiah is coming and they've, they've, they've looked at descendants of David many times to deliver them from the Romans. They're, they're looking for someone to take care of the Romans so they can go back to live in life the way they want to. And Jesus says, that's not the kind of Messiah that I am. He says it's different than that David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared the Lord, and the word in there is Yahweh, the Lord. That means God himself, the one true God, said to my Lord, and that word is Adonai. And that's the word we use when we talk about Jesus is Lord. He's the master. He's the king. He's the one who owns the vineyard. So the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? He's saying, I'm not going to be a Messiah. And, and he's saying that's who he is. They may not get that yet, but that's what he's saying here is, I'm, I, I've been saying this all along. This is who I am. And it's not like you think. It's, 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 God's, it's God's vineyard. It's his kingdom. Then he says, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes, suit coats, and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogue and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. He's pointing at them, but is he pointing at us? Is, is some of this, where do we find ourselves in these places? Where, where do I think it's my vineyard? Where do I want what I want? Where do I think that I, I get what, I want everything that belongs to me. 
He says, those things are, if you're doing that for show, if your heart's not in the right place, if you're not serving God, you'll be punished most severely. And then he ends with this. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put, she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. And in the Greek, that is, she gave all the life of her. When she gave that, there, there was nothing left to get food for that day. She was going to rely totally on God. She gave all. Jesus says, literally, all. Now, I want to tell you, my house literally means something completely different today. I, I, it's confusing to me. Dad, you have literally told me two million times in the last 30 seconds that. I'm trying to do the math. I'm not that good at math, but that's, that's not literally, right? Or we're watching a basketball game, and they literally missed... I don't want to get it right. I don't want to, I don't want to exaggerate. They literally missed 60 wide-open layups in that game. Well, they only shot 62 shots, and they made more. Than, you know, so like, no, they did not literally do that. But we're, so we're arguing. We're going to agree to disagree. Kids, you can use words, I guess, however you want to. Reminds me of uh, the Princess Bride. So uh, the, the Black Knight. I don't know it as well as, I mean, I haven't watched it as much as like some of you have, but so if I get this wrong, tell me later. But the Black Knight is trying to get to the princess. He, he loves the princess and uh, as you wish, he says. And, you know, so he loves her. He's trying to, he wants to serve her. And they're trying to get her away. And so she's chasing him down. And every time the Black Knight comes there, they're trying to, to kill him. They're trying to stop him. And the guy, I don't know his name, but he keeps saying, inconceivable. Like, he keeps coming. It can't be. Well, now, I mean, it happens 10 or 15 times. And it's still inconceivable. At that point, no, it's conceivable. This is completely conceivable. And so uh, it's Mandy Patankin, the guy from Criminal Minds. I didn't realize that until just this week, that, that, that that's the same guy. Um, and he says, you keep using that word. I, I do not think it means what you think it means. And so I say that to my children, literally means something different. It means just actually, and that's what Jesus literally says, and the law literally says, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The widow gave all the life of her. And, and I think that that's what God means. Mark Twain said, it's not the things in the Bible, or he actually said, it, it ain't the things in the Bible I don't understand that bother me. It's the things in the Bible I do understand that bother me. We, we, know, we know what this is. We know what God asks. But we know who we are, and we know what we want, and we, we get off, right? We, we don't do that. 
we sing things, we're going to sing in a minute, with my life laid down, I surrender now, I give you everything. And that's our prayer, that's our hope. We, we, we want to get on our knees and do that. What good does it do for a person to gain the whole world and lose his soul? We, we know that's what the Bible says. But, but we get in the way. There's all kinds of things that we put in the way that, that we don't want to give all. I'm holding back some things. Um, if you know me, uh, I, I've liked basketball, sports all my life. And uh, this year, well, last year doesn't count because it didn't happen. And I thought the March Madness not happening would be the worst thing ever, right? And the world kept going, and it were, it's okay. But this year, for the first time since 1986, I didn't fill out a bracket. And so I'm winning. <laughs> I have picked zero games wrong. So give me the prize, whatever that is. But I, I keep trying to weed things out of my life. But the problem is I take sports and, and things out, and then, and, then I, and then I have, where did it go? Oh, did I lose it? Oh, no, that would be my, my, my phone. is there in the front row. And... Uh, so I pick that up instead, and I, I, I think scrolling that I'll find the meaning of life. Go through Facebook. It's not, the meaning of life is not at the bottom. Look, you can't get, but, but scrolling is not something you want to fill your life with. But we do because we're, we're kind of bored or whatever. Or like for me, I, I free sell. I get on, and I like don't, I don't want any of you to know how many hours of free sell I've played in my life. I, I want to fill my life with, like, I don't want to be able to say, I don't know the scriptures well enough or that I'm not trying to figure out what God wants for me or that I'm, so I want to look at my life and I want to say, what are the things that are keeping me from giving him all? And there's a lot of them. Um, you know, I, 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 I want to be the, the king sometimes, and, but I don't because I know that that's not, what God wants for me. So, Trent mentioned the song, Rich Mullins' song. The stuff of earth competes for the allegiance I owe only to the giver of all good things. Um, so, what are we going to do as people to, to dig into our life and say, I, I want to give God just one thing. This is what I, this is what I want you to think about. Every day, ask God this. God, show me what you want me to see, even though I might not want to see it. God, tell me what you want me to know, even if it's something that knowing I might not want to know because that means I should change. Or God, give me what you want me to have, even though I might not really want it. And that's tough because... I was reading a book this week, and it says the only way we come to this conversion, we, we need a complete transformation in our lives. And the only way we come to that, there's two ways. One is prayer, and the other is suffering. Prayer, we, we can get on our knees, and we can pray that prayer, or God, will, God may put something in your life that will drive you to your knees until you say, okay, God, I want what you want. I don't want to be the king of the kingdom. I want you to be the king of the kingdom. 
literally. Oswald Chambers on March 18th said this, be serious in your commitment to God and gladly leave everything else alone. Literally put God first in your life. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you love us. We sang some songs today that, that remind us who you are and what you've done for us and what you offer for us. The gospel is clear. You, before we could do anything, before, while we were still sinners, you loved us. You met us where we were, but you don't want to leave us there. And so God, do with us what you want to do with us so that we will go where you want us to go, no matter what that takes. Lord, I don't always want to pray that prayer, but, but I do. So we give ourselves to you, all of us. In your name we pray, amen.